1: Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I want to talk to you about Rotoballer.com. If you guys know me by now, you've listened long enough, you know I have my written content for DFS and other season-long fantasy products over at Rotoballer.com. If you're still grinding along in the NFL streets, season-long playoffs, DFS for the NFL – don't wait any longer. Go to rotoballer.com, get the NFL premium pass. Are you ready to dominate your season long in DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL premium pass includes lineup tools, projections, and DFS cheat sheets for all formats. Get access to exclusive articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chat rooms. I do the weekly DFS cash game values, even the, and then this Saturday even, doing some uh, extra previews for the, the week's DFS slates. Come check all that out and join in on the winning and take – off any premium pass not just football if you want basketball baseball's coming up all that good stuff. 50% off any premium pass. Use my my promo code Bubba B U B B A for another 10% off. So you get 60% off a premium pass. It's that simple. So get in, get ready, finish the NFL season in a strong, strong way with rotoballer.com, NFL Premium Pass. Already at 50% off now. Use promo code Bubba B U B B A for another 10% off when you purchase. Just visit rotoballer.com backslash radio. Sign up today and start rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 435. Got a special guest joining me tonight, first time on Benched with Bubba, to talk some NFBC cut line. We've done a lot of draft champion stuff with some greats in that ev- avenue of things. He's done very well on that as well. But uh, the cut line format is, it's a tricky one. If you're, if you're used to your roto formats, this takes a different little animal to you. So I'm really looking forward to this. He's been doing this. We'll get over his history in a minute, but he's been doing it since it started. Let's put it that way. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Kujo himself. Curtis Jones, how are we doing, man?
2: Yeah, what's up, Bubba?
1: How's it going? Looking forward to this. Good, good. Thanks for joining me, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, like we've talked about setting this up for a few months now, I guess it's been a, a thing we've wanted to do, but it's fun. Like listening to a uh, Vlad's podcast a few weeks ago with Brock and they were talking about you. Like everybody knows Curtis Jones when it comes to cut lines. <laughs> so let's just get to the, the, the brass tacks of it. Like, let's let people know what's your history like with this, with the NFBC, you know, it's been going forever, but, um, you're not just a cut line guy. I will not clarify that, but this is yeah. one thing you do very well. So what's kind of your history in the NFC?
2: Yeah, so, I, you know, I've been playing uh, fantasy baseball since college and, uh, you know, it's doing pretty well in my home league, which is, I think is going into its 12th year this year. Uh, we do an auction. We have a few keepers each year. Can't keep anybody longer than, you know, three years. So it's not quite like Dynasty, but definitely like your are staying at home league with guys I've known forever and uh, doing well in that. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try out some of this uh, high stakes online stuff. And so in 2014, I started and I think I started with DCs like everybody does, right? And um, had some success early on. And then, uh, uh, you know, the cut line started in 2016. So I played in a few cut line leagues then. Um, I just, I think I won back to back in my home league. So I was feeling uh, pretty high on my horse. And I I split a main event uh, team with somebody that year and just jumped right in. I should have probably started with some online championships or some of the smaller (laughs) leagues. But, uh, I went in there and I was actually in the league with uh, Rob Silver the year that he won. Um, oh, I played a little part in that. I think I, I gave up on John Gray after like a month after he was getting smoked, and uh, Rob picked him up and then he was awesome the rest of the year. So uh, I, I, you know, took it a little easy on those uh, big leagues for a little while after that, but I kept doing cut line. I did some more DCs, um, and I started doing online championship. It was kind of like right in my wheelhouse. I've been doing twelve team you know leagues forever with that and. Um, those leagues are a lot of fun I still play in those now I mostly do cut lines early in the season and then I draft online championships and then I draft you know a couple mains Um, this year I'm actually going to Vegas for the first time which I'm super excited about so I'm going to do a main and one of those uh, $1,500 auction championships so be my first auction on NFPC so I'm, I'm sure I'll be horrible in the draft even though I do auctions in my home league but there'll be a little different sitting, you know, next to Matt and D goods. So, so there's super good guys that have better around forever.
1: It, it is different. That's for sure. But like you could hold your own. You you said you've been doing yeah. it for so long. It's not like it's your first auction ever. So that's going to be big. And um, yeah. it's kind of, it's crazy to think about that you literally do almost every format they have. And it's, yeah, sure. um, like you go from the DCs, the draft and holds, and you go to your cut lines, your best balls, and you go to your 12, 12 league, 12 team fabs and got some 15 team fabs. Yeah. You cover like the entire gamut of it. And you, you know, you've probably heard so many people talk about it. It's some people like focus on just kind of like one area because yeah. don't think OC fab is so much more different than the 15 team main event fab. And then, you know, yeah. obviously we'll get to the cut line fab. That's a whole nother animal. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the different formats, how do you transition to that? Even, like drafting's even different. How do you yeah. kind of get the headspace? It might be a simple answer for you, but to me it's kind of interesting because like I almost – like I did a bunch of, you know, DCs already like between 12 and 15s, and I'm like, I'm taking a break now because I'm getting ready to do fab leagues. I think like refocus type thing. Yeah. How do you kind of keep shifting from different formats? Because that's a, a, quite a skill, I believe. Yeah, I, I do try to uh,
2: kind of phase draft season. You know, I'm, yeah. I never really stopped listening to podcasts and prepping, and I – you know, I've got my notebook that I like take all my notes on. As I to listen to podcasts and um, sort of building my draft board, but I really try to do cut lines and other best balls, some of those best ball twelves and stuff that they started doing either last year or the year before. And I try to do that all early. So I do a lot of cut line uh, leagues. I'm usually in the 20s. The past few years, um, I'm on draft number seven right now for cut line, which is. Not as much as some of those crazy D.C. guys, but, you know, it's a fair amount. Um, but I try to get, you know, most of those in before I get to those online championship drafts, because you really have to change. Now, you're in the cut line and, and it's a points league. It's a, a best ball league. Um, and the NFPC does, you know, like ideal lineups each week. So they, they literally make your lineup the best it can be for that week. And multi-position eligibility works, whereas on on fan tracks where a lot of people also play, you know, a guy is like just a second baseman or just a shortstop. So, you know, Jake Cronenworth is eligible at three positions in NFBC, and you really pay for that, especially in cut line. And he's going to play, I don't know, 40 spots and he would go higher than he would go if he was just a second baseman. But, you know, kind of paying for that flexibility that allows you to get that ideal lineup that's a little better. So I'm really like, I'm there, I'm trying to, you know, build the best team. And I take a lot of hitters early and a lot of pitchers late and, you know, Whereas in, uh, in fab leagues and, and online championship with an overall, I'm really trying to stay balanced throughout the draft. You know, we all know saves have been crazier than ever this year. I haven't done, i done an OC, even though I've been tempted. <laughs> these are yeah, trying I was very
1: tempted but, with these, like with these uh, 1130 Eastern ones, they started dropping. I'm like, oh, that's like yeah. kids uh, it's in bed, night. like <laughs> <laughs> so close. I'm like yeah. I wanted to wait till March though. Like this is close. I know.
2: I know. And those drafts are just so, they're so different, right? Like you've Mm -hmm. got to get your speed early, you got to get your saves early, you know, taking pitchers higher. I'll usually take like one good pitcher in a cut line early unless they really drop. I try to like, let the draft come to me. I'll come with like a set I'm doing this every year, but you know, every round, but um, it's such a different mindset, like you were saying. And then main events are a whole different ball game where pitchers get pushed way up The 15 team, you know, league gets really thin at the back end You kind of like the last couple of rounds, you're like, all right, I'm going to take this spot starter for week one in my last round and then replace him in fab. And that's why you have people that, you know, concentrate on those leagues. I think your your boy Toby, I think only plays in 15s. He only plays in 15s. Like there's people that just say like, Oh, fab is so different. The league is so different. I just can't, you know, I can't switch. I, you know, I have more success in OCs than I do in mains, but I like the competition. I like the challenge in mains. I cashed in my first main last year. I'd been nice. in first place for a lot of the year, and I ended up in third, but I was still happy to like get that that first cash under my belt. So, um, Last year was actually my best year ever, even though I didn't make it into the top 20 in cut line. I've had two top 10 overall finishes in cut line um, in two different years, uh, I think 2019 and 2020. And then um, last year, I had my, my most successful year Just because I finished third overall in the online championship out of you know 2,400, Um, famously some guy named Phil finished in second.
1: And who's that guy? Has he has he been on any podcasts or is he anywhere these days? Like I've never heard of him. He's (laughs) here.
2: (laughs) He's on his tour, and we are all taking notes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's giving away too much, but you know he's giving away some tidbits. Yep. I mean, super guy. I was cheering for him and everything else. I just
1: heck yeah.
2: He let me stay in second. Nah,
1: yeah, he, he know, showed, it, it was it showed like everybody there's so much competition you know some guys don't get along with some guys just the way life works but yeah. like there wasn't many people you didn't find like the last month rooting for Phil to like do the inevitable like the impossible yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, everybody was if you pretty much if you weren't like in second or third or whatever like if you didn't have a chance at it everyone's rooting for him it was like yeah. just go get it man do it it was yeah. awesome
2: and he told me you know a couple weeks before he's like I'm coming for you you know we were like DMing on Twitter and He's just like if i if i shoot the moon in pitching you know i can i can make a move and uh and i was tr- you know i was in first and then like i don't know maybe two or three weeks uh, left in the season uh, Fezler passed me and i you know the only uh position i wasn't all the way at the top in was speed and i, I tried to like go some of those speed guys and it just didn't work in the last two weeks i didn't hit it all i mean i was like, getting three hits a night like two bombs and a steal on a week. I mean, the last two weeks just totally collapsed and, uh, and Phil shot the moon in pitching. I mean, just like Logan Webb and Ranger Suarez and like guys he picked up, they just killed it.
1: Yep, yeah, that's the way it works though. It's like, the it there's, there's, there's always like some luck that's involved. There's a lot of skill too, and he's a smart, smart man. Like, yeah. that's why I always, like, I gotta <laughs> clarify it because I think we all admit there's a, there is a lot of luck that takes place. Like you have to avoid injuries, you have to do this. But like, yeah. you know what you're doing what phil did with it like there was a method of the madness too like and and he's talked about like you said on some of the shows when he dropped walker bueller or like things that most people wouldn't do he had like a logistical step-by-step of why he did it i'm like okay that's fine that works yeah yeah, and he didn't just like say like screw it i'm dropping him no he had a reasoning behind it so it made sense um but back to you and let's uh you you mentioned you did what in the cut line the oc last year you've done well in the dcs um when you're transitioning from these and again we're going to get strictly cut line pretty soon but i want to kind of talk talk some other stuff here for a bit um i I like the way you said it like you find like you have more fun i guess and more success in the 12s but you like the competition in the 15s and i i i I echo that sentiment like you said it much better than i said it before i always say like i like the 12s because i can go on a fab like when the guy gets hurt and there's like options so it's still kind of fun Where like at a 15 if you lose like a guy gets hurt the replacement value sucks and then you right. have to overpay for them and you're doing all the, like it just, it kind of feels depressing after a while, certain yeah. in certain leagues where the 12s, you're kind of all like, I picked up Joey Votto in one, like I to Chisholm in one, like there's always guys that are kind of sitting around. You can do things yeah. and you're never really out of it until at least later in the year where a 15, like if you get a couple injuries early, it's the, so, it's time. You <laughs> replaced, you
2: replaced uh, Lindor last year with Edmundo Sosa. You know, yeah. like, well, it's I'm done. And if you take a couple of pitching injuries in a main, it's over. Yep. You just, like, early on, you know, your pitching looks good, and a couple of your guys gets hurt, and a closer goes down. And I had um, one of my main that finished in fifth last year where I ruined or wasted the best offense I've ever put together in a main. I mean, it was awesome, and my pitching was just a disaster. Yep. I mean, um, I had, I you know, drafted Rosenthal. I had like oh, seven. I was, yeah. I think Toby was going through the same thing. I remember listening to your podcast, and I mean, I had seven saves going into All Star Break.
1: Yep. And Toby, <laughs> if ratio sucked on top of it, so it was like it was a to bitch, it was just a Yeah, Toby. I think I think he almost went like two months without one save or something. Yeah. It was just him. i remember it's Jen said, life. talked about it. It like it was a wild one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, in an OC, you know, with two months to go, like you could have picked up. Uh-huh. I mean, these guys are sort of available in mains, but it's just so hard to get them. But you can pick up Floro and Finnegan and, like, all yeah. these guys were getting you saves. And, and, and in OCs, there's only two or three guys in the league in the last two months that are going after saves. Yep. In the main, it's always six, seven, eight, nine guys in your league, Jason.
1: Yep, and you're you're paying like crazy. It's just a different beast. And it's like I try to you know, get guys on to talk fab on it and stuff, but it's, it's hard to narrow it down because it's so – league dependent it sounds like lazy yeah. but that's why when toby and i do the weekly shows during the season we go over like the fab and it's just like the lowest yeah. bid was a dollar in one league this other league was like 380 dollars <laughs> it
0: was just but those podcasts
2: are still i mean i know it feels like you know fruitless on your end but like we we really appreciate those podcasts i mean
1: oh uh, I, it helps me out a ton i appreciate and, it
2: and yeah. you know I, I listen to the one on the athletic that goes through like the you know fab for that weekend and like it's a lot of prep and i spend all week like taking my notes but you don't want to miss anything yeah certainly don't want to miss anything easy like the low hanging fruit that like oh i can't believe i forgot about
1: that guy easy one dude like i totally get it and that's what's funny because i know people probably don't care about this stuff but i'm having fun chatting about it but yeah i I do two to three podcasts for season long a week i write articles i still listen to podcasts every day i subscribe to that vlad's article like the same thing i don't want to miss something like there's there's so much going on and so many different things and if I'm gonna be the first to admit there's a lot more smart people than me doing this, so it's just you know if you can't learn from other people you're just kind of fool yourself as well. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's a ton of great stuff. So I like how you said that like you, you you're checking all your boxes because there's so many things that could take. Plus you got kids. We have life. There's life. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. um, but before we get like the last thing I got for you here, you mentioned you got your notebook, you got your player pool. How do you differentiate from different formats? Do you try to diversify? Do you have a lot of similar players in those formats? Like, how do you go about that?
2: Yeah, I, um, I don't go about, you know, early on in the year trying to diversify. I get a lot of the same kind of late guys, but I try not to go, you know, crazy. You know, my top-owned guy will probably be in the 55 to 60% range, and it'll be a late guy um last year unfortunately it was like Scott Kingery and Hunter Dozier and they were a disaster they were kind of my late you know two of my late cutline guys uh I did you know I had a bunch of Freddie Peralta which was great but you know I it'll it'll be later guys that you tend with those like really high percentages I do try to diversify a little bit early on um like I you know it's cut line you don't have a KDS so you just kind of get randomly assigned draft positions and you can find yourself with like a bunch of eights and nines and tens in a row i try to just make there's a lot of those like outfielders going at the end of the round and and endeavors and i just try to like mix it up so i've got you know i've got a Trout Acuna team i've got a you know a, a devers uh kyle tucker team you know i've got a jose ramirez something else team i you know I try to get like some of those duos early and switch it up a little bit but but by the maybe Fifth or sixth round, like if it's my guy, it's my guy. You know, yeah. I'm gonna end up with a lot of Trevor Trevor Story, for instance, this year. It's going on like the 50s and cut lines. Like if he keeps going in that sixth round, like I'm I'm gonna take him every time he's there, basically. But that won't end up being more than say 40, 50 percent, just because it's gotcha. so early on. Whereas guys got an ADP of 240, I can sort of continuously take him at 220 or something like that that works
1: gotcha and it's hard right now because usually you know there's always news going on guys are getting ready for spring training so adp fluctuates a lot more but we're kind of stagnant because there's nothing yeah. going on so i think yeah. there's some movement there's in adp but it's not a ton yeah the so. best news
2: we get is like oh dan straley signed a minor league deal today i mean yeah. that that's not really going to move a lot you know he might jump 50 spots in dcs but yeah it's not really getting drafted and in- most cut
1: lines so. like the most the most news we get now is like hey ronald acuna he uh, took more betting practice <laughs> he was hitting missiles yeah i know it doesn't
2: really matter and i know he that's what he does but that bat, like if i was inside that batting cage i'd be terrified
1: yeah he's he's locked in right now like <laughs> i know i know some people say it's like well i want to see him you know cutting and stuff i get it like I, yeah. I get that but he can also dh for a couple months like the, the the thing I've said the whole time with Ronald Acuna, like if you're drafting him, you have to understand he's probably not running for at least the first half of the season. Like, yeah. th- like that's just the reality of it. So you're not yeah. going to get you know 30 steals, but you might get 15 to 20 by the end of the season, which is I remember cool. he was
2: going for 40, 40.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Trust 40-40. me, I was like, I was team, stuff. I was team Acuna pick one in recent yeah. years, and I got, I got. Exactly. So I, like, I don't this. think I've actually
2: gotten him in my first you know seven cut lines, but I'm going to make sure to have you know a couple in case it goes nuts
1: yeah i've i i feel bad for passing on him in some dc so far like i'm, I'm not happy about Tom.
2: it so you hear somebody i heard somebody lately said i want my first round pick to play on opening day and like there's a lot to be said for that and yep. cut line yeah like you want to get hot and healthy kind of in those later cuts especially you know you got to stay in that top i think it's the top 100 and then it's the top 20 and then the top 20 in that last round like all three of you, or all twenty of you, are in the over on your cashing, and you want to get to the top. But you got to get there. You know, you yeah. got to finish top two in your league to to get to that first top cut. And the next three will be in like the wild card round. But the wild card round is kind of dead. A few people move up to the top tier, but it's really hard, and it's kind of a crapshoot.
1: Well, if it if it's like I remember, like okay, the wild card round can move into the next round for the top tier, but you're so far behind in the top tier, advancing in the next round after that's pretty much impossible. Yeah, so it's, it's like really you're hard kind of drawing dead.
2: Wild card back into that top twenty. In other words, yeah. they do pay out like you know the top five of the final wild card something, you know, a couple thousand bucks or something. So it's there. I mean, yeah. it's nice. <laughs> I'm not turning that's down a couple thousand dollars, right? But like, you know, you want to be in there for that seventy five thousand. I think it is yeah. next year for top prize. So.
1: Well, all right, let's talk Cutline because this is fun. It's a different format. Like most of the time on this show, we talk 12-team, 15-team, Roto and stuff like that. Like I said, we've been talking DCs a lot because that's just kind of the season. But Cutline's cranking up. Vlad did a draft. Matty Wood did a draft live on uh, on YouTube. You've been doing, least, I think, six drafts so far. Yeah, I'm I in, in my the- seventh. I was in Vlad's, uh, the, the beat oh, Vlad yeah. live stream. That's right. So you're in your seventh. I saw – I was looking in the lobby. There's a lot in the lobby, so you can sign up for those pretty soon. Um Let's kind of get into it. So it's a 10-team league, yeah. as you said, and it's best ball. So kind of explain to everybody how the best ball point system differs kind of from your Roto formats.
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, they, it was originally designed, uh, you know, by by a couple of the, you know, long-time guys, Tetzel and K.J. Duke are both kind of like legends in the industry, and K.J. Duke is one of the best players out there in every format. <laughs> he dominates in the cut line. He dominates in the DCs. You don't want to see him in your main event. I mean, he's – He's one of those, like, three or four or five guys. Um, But they designed it to mirror five-by-five Roto, um, which I think is super helpful because if you're going over there and you're drafting on on fan tracks and people love those best ball leagues, but it is a different game. You know, pitching gets moved way up. And like I said before, you know, each guy only has their one position. And, you know, I used to do it just because I was a draft fanatic. I'd, I'd play a couple leagues over there, and I'd find myself, like, just out because I wasn't adjusting my draft board and, you know, they say, know the game, right? I didn't, I didn't know the game. Like you're, you're dead money against, you know, the, the roads and the guys that are playing all those fan leagues, dead money. If you don't know what you're doing. So, um, cut line, it's not exactly like five by five. It has fluctuated as stolen bases have become more, become more rare and saves have become more rare, but they have adjusted. I think they've adjusted at least once to try to get back there. The correlation is tight enough that I don't change my draft board. I build one draft board. Um, I do draft differently because, you know, stolen bases tend to be after the first like six rounds, the guys that are getting the stolen bases tend to not be as good a hitters, <laughs> more likely to lose their job, you know. Yeah. Uh Garrett Hansen has second base and outfield position, but like he's never been a bulk player. And um, you you know, you just don't want a guy that's gonna be getting like 300 at bats. Yeah. So, you know, the scoring system is is points based. It's um, you know, I actually had it had it written down so I could, you know, spit it out. But uh an at bat's minus one and uh, a hit's four. So you go one for four and, and you you've got nothing, I guess,
1: right? Break even. <laughs> yeah. So
2: um, but you know, runs two, home runs six, RBI's two, stolen base five. So stole uh, a solo home run's like thirteen points, and then on the pitching side you get uh, a point for each out. So three points for an innings pitched and then minus one for a hit allowed minus or a walk allowed minus two for an earn run, one for a K, six for a win, eight for a save. So, you know, steals and saves are still valuable. And if a guy has one of those three save weeks, I mean, that that's big. Yeah. Like Liam Hendricks had a monster season last year. Rossio Iglesias had a monster season last year. So um, it's not that you want to avoid those guys, but we all know it's something like 50% of closers lose their job every year. Yep. Uh, so, that it, you know, you don't really want to pay up for them in the same way that you're doing in Roto Leagues. And the way the best ball works is um, the NFBC system, just at the end of the week, it's a full week, so it's not like split into Monday to Thursday and then Friday to Sunday. But in that full week, they will just set your optimal lineup. Uh, and that's, that's just straight up. It's the same uh, 23 starting positions that all the NFBC leagues have. So nine pitchers and, um, I don't know, my brain doesn't work right now, 14 hitters. And, uh, and, and they'll just put them all in there and then Shoei Otani is, is DH and pitcher eligible. So they will flip him back and forth depending on what hmm. he is.
1: So you don't have to even decide. You know, they do it for you. You don't have to decide, right?
2: So he's a totally different player in cut line.
1: Yeah, big time. You can make an argument
2: for him number one overall. I am about to
1: say, line. that changes everything. Everything.
2: Vers- versus like at the sixth or seventh pick in an OC or a main, I'll struggle with that decision because, I mean, you're just kicking yourself, right? You yeah. put him at, uh, at DH that week and he throws, you know, seven innings. and has 12 Ks or something like that, but only, I don't know, hits 250 with one home run. You're like, man, I really missed out on these pitching stats.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's big. That's big. Huh. So you mentioned um, the Steels guys early. So you're kind of pushing them up. Who else do you push up in in drafts compared to like a regular like OC yeah. main event type deal? So, you
2: know, you you, pick, you push up multi-position eligibility because of that system kind of putting them wherever they need to be, and that lets your lineup sort of have more options to fit that puzzle piece together, but the secret's out. You know, the multi-position guys are going higher, say, 20, 30 picks higher than they're going in the DCs, so you're paying up for it. So it's not as much. I think a few years ago, it was a little bit more under the radar, and you could kind of target enough of those guys to give your all your hitters kind of ultimate flexibility to not leave like a big week on the bench because you know it's the last thing you want to do is see some 30 point thing on the bench because your middle infield's already filled and you got Nelson Cruz at Util or something like that. Um so that kind of secrets out. I I tend to uh you know I, I think home runs kind of come in bunches. So you know, like the power hitters, right? You know, the Aaron Judges, the the Stantons, the, the guys who can hit. I don't know five six home runs in a week. It seems like, um, but you know, as far as value, it, it's mostly the same guys that you're valuing in Roto that you're valuing here. Um, and and while I would say like I- I've never been a big like Starling Marte or Whit Merrifield fan in cut line, um, Whit Merrifield just always seems to have second base and outfield eligibility, so that makes them pretty valuable because you know flips between a lot of different positions.
1: Yeah, because he hasn't hit a ton of homers, but he gets the you know twenty five thirty bags, and he can play both spots for you, like you said. So that yeah. to especially when he's still stolen bases as much as they they're are valuable, you know, yeah, very valuable. Um, for the stolen player. bases
2: they they still add up too. So.
1: And this is one of those like, would a guy like Mondesi be more intriguing in this format, knowing that if he has like a banged up week, someone else fills in for him or something?
2: Yeah, so Mondesi is interesting. Um, I probably had too much Monesey, uh two years ago. Um, because he was, you know, falling so far past where he would normally fall, because it's not like stolen bases aren't going to win you the league, but man, when he gets hot, he goes nuts. So if you manage to have a team in that top 20 at the end in September, when he always seems to, you know, bring us all back in by stealing 13 bases and hitting six home runs, I mean that's a monster month, right? Yeah, but at the same time, I you know you get you only get two fad periods in, in cut line. And you've got to be hot and healthy at the end. So the guys that are just always seem to be hurt. I mean, you, you need bulk, right? You, you need guys to be playing. You want guys playing every day. And it's okay to have like a Lamont Wade that's kind of getting platoon, especially him because he's first base and outfield eligible. But you don't want too many guys in platoons or, or guys that are just seem to be hurt all the time.
1: That makes sense. And the Wade ones, the eligibility he gets. And, you know, if it's one of those – if it's a week with a lot of right-handed pitching, he's going to play a lot, so he's going to be put into your roster. And if it's a week they face yeah. too many lefties, you want to worry about him. So, it's fine. So that, and you're drafting him late, right? To so give you an idea of
2: Montesi, his his ADP in the last month of cut lines is seventy-two. Okay. I would imagine it's probably in the fifties for DCs. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's retired from DCs, but something yep. like that. So yep. you can see that he's he. You're getting a discount on him because he's just hurt a lot.
1: Makes a lot of sense, and it's that—that's kind of one of the mindset changes, I guess. You have to kind of make is you need that re- more. I guess nothing's ever reliable, but you want more reliability, is what it comes yeah, down you to. More reliability.
2: You like yeah. you like streaky because they, like I said, like yeah. a streaky pitchers, yeah, you know, like the you know those high K kind of high variability pitchers, they get bombed. They're on your bench. Yep. You can't have too many of those guys, you know.
1: Yeah, we take a couple of pitches. gambles and stuff. So yeah. um, I'll ask you that in a minute, but let's go back to uh, it's ten teams. Um, how many, uh, how many rounds, how many players, what's your roster kind of look like? Yeah. So it's, it's 42 rounds.
2: Um, and I tend to, you know, I've got my like normal grid up that I always have. Like I tend to go, uh, 18 pitchers, um, 24 hitters. Okay. Um, so there, there's some teams, like some guys that are play a lot of cut lines that like more pitchers than that. Uh, but this is I've I fluctuated a little bit and gone you know one or two more pitchers, but I always seem to end up thin on the hitting side. So I like to try to get four guys eligible at each of those infield positions and catcher. And um, even though I've only got eight outfield slots on my light like, grid that I'm trying to fill out nine or ten guys eligible in the outfield just with guys like Wade or Kettle Marte or you know any of the guys that have outfield eligibility along with something else.
1: Okay, now that makes sense because like that's one thing I'd like to pick the brain of for the DC is like how many X like guys want 10 outfielders, or they want this that or the other because yeah. there is a method of the madness, like you said, the last thing you want to do is kind of thin yourself somewhere and you all of a sudden you guys got hurt and you have nobody playing. You and can't just, take zeros. Yeah, I mean, and that just completely takes zeros you out are of it. dead. I mean you could
2: take a zero at a catcher spot or something, but if you're taking zeros, you're dead.
1: So okay, interesting. So you got the forty-two players, four hundred and twenty players get drafted. It's so obviously not like the other bulk leagues that we're playing and that really really load up on guys. I guess a main event would be four fifty. Yeah, take? Yeah, a few, few more. You know, a season less. So about thirty more. So yeah, so yeah. Eh, not bad. Decent sized player pool. Now you mentioned um, there's it, it's one hundred seventy five bucks to enter, but you get uh, two fab periods. Yeah. And this is where it gets fun because you know it's still a thousand dollars. Like yeah. in our in our other leagues, but yeah. that's that's a weekly deal. So you kind of plan accordingly. Yeah. This is like go for broke, and this is where yeah. I just get lost as I will get up. So how do you approach Fab? Uh, a ton of time,
2: you yeah. know, and a ton of back and forth. Um, and there's another guy, uh, Jason Kutz, who's on uh, who's on Twitter and plays a ton of cut line leagues, and we talk all the time about about cut line in general, but like especially in the couple of weeks leading up to those Fab periods, like be looking at who you drop and who's available like and it a lot of times it's you got to cut that dead weight you kind of have to be ruthless um and and most of the time that's the right answer I probably in hindsight shouldn't have dropped Fran Mill everywhere last year because he came back like two weeks later and he raked when he came back but you just can't keep a bunch of red suitcases on your bench uh, yeah. because you you have to avoid those zeros you got to give yourself more options and there's there are always people available, but there's two fat periods you're talking about. One of them super early. So it's uh, this year, it's Tuesday, April 12th. One good thing, they run them on Tuesday nights instead of Sunday nights. So you get a couple extra days. You also get a free look, which a lot of people don't think about. Those Monday and Tuesday games do count. How much you should weigh that, you don't know, but um, they will sort of get shoved into your lineup if they've hit three home runs in those two days or something. Interesting. But um so the first one's super early. So I tend to, to spend big in that first period, but I'm also doing, say, you know, 24 cut line teams that, that range from late November or December to all the way up into March. And so you tend to have more guys to replace in those early teams that you've drafted. And sometimes I'm only replacing two or three guys in a team that I've drafted in March, like a late pitcher injury or this guy um, – I thought was going to be the closer. I took a late stab at him. He's not uh, relief pitchers that are not closing valuable in main events as fill-ins, kind of worthless and cut lines. Yeah, it makes. You're not getting saves or wins. I mean, Colin McHugh probably put up good points last year, but you wouldn't. Nobody had him on the team. Yeah. You know, um, so on teams that need it, that have six, seven, eight spots that I'm filling in, I'm spinning big in that first period, and there's a couple reasons. Those guys are going to help you all year. You know, you're going to get like your Tyler O'Neill's, your Kilbadoos, or, you know, those guys early. Your Dallas Garcias, I think they will kind of win. Garcia and O'Neal were like the two big names early on. Um, they're going to help you all year. And by the time you get to that second one, which this year is on June 7th, half the league is dead because that first cut happens, say, a month after that. Okay. Half the league knows they've really got no shot. Or, or maybe they're not paying attention, which, hey, join my league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to quit mid-season, exactly. great. Um, but you, you can get a lot of value in that second period for cheap. Now, yeah. there are guys like this past year, like if you wanted Luis Garcia, like you needed $350. In my later ones, I had $350. In my early ones, I might only had $200. Um, like I said, you get that same $1,000. So you really want to spend a lot of time picking out who you're going to drop, who you're bidding on, you've got like these huge things. I mean, just There's a
1: lot of options.
2: Currencies. You can't yeah. miss, right? Especially yeah. in that second one, spend every dollar.
1: Yeah, have exactly.
2: 20 yeah. contingent bids, you can't take it with you. But you also can't mess up. You try to spend a $1,001, it's kicking out that last bid. Yeah. So, you know, I'm con- I've am i got my Excel spreadsheet up. I've, I've stacked That's all That's the
1: hardest part, man. Thousand. Yeah.
2: And I have messed up with 24 leagues. I mean, I've messed up. And left myself a dollar, not gotten my last guy. I mean, I try not to, obviously, and I double and triple and quadruple check it. But especially when you're making those late changes, oh yeah. So by by Sunday, I kind of want to have everything set up. Somebody shoulder falls off on Monday, you're switching it around, or like there's a new closer, and I've got to put him into every single one on all the things. And the system's great, but it's it's just time consuming. You've only in a couple of them, then. It's a little easier, I think, to handle. You're still going through all that same kind of imagination. Moving like, around and everything. On, you know, what you need to do. But it's very, it's very time consuming. It's both like a best ball and, and kind of low touch, while still those bad periods are so important.
1: That's what's wild about it. Cause like you mentioned, the, the best balls, like I've done so in fan tracks and everything and different scoring, but same idea. It's like draft and I walk away. Like here we are, is what it is. Yeah. But it, this is kind of fun because, you know, you do have those best ball leagues where, you know, you have those spring training injuries or you have some early injuries and you're sitting there going, well, that was fun. Like, cause I can't do anything about it, but now yeah. you have a couple fab options to go get your O'Neill's everyone remembers at least Garcia just going nuts last year and little things like that. And if anything, like you said, is somebody with a pulse that can get rid of the red suitcase, give yourself yeah. a chance to get, to get going. That makes it a lot more fun. And, um, yeah. but then it also has a twist of, you know, after X amount of time, only the top two advance. So they start cutting people out. And yeah. so you still might be out of it uh, in the end type thing, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. When it comes to the fab again, there's probably no exact number here, but do you try to have like a certain amount you have left over for that second run?
2: Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, yes and no, I, I don't want to have less than say 150 to 200. Okay. Um, you know you can get a lot of you're going to get somebody for 15 dollars. like you can get like sort of lower bids um I, there's no there's no real floor okay. but i do want to have 150 to 200 so i can if there's one guy you're not going to get that one guy right but if there's four good guys i want to get one of them
1: um you mentioned uh the closing situation and i know it's a question that a lot of people have yeah. because of how crazy it is right now yeah but in cut lines, like, yeah, saves are great if you have, like, the Liam Hendricks of the world. But if you're going and grabbing these platoon situations, like you said, it could be a mess. So how do you approach it? Because in theory, you don't have to draft any closers if you don't want to.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and there are literally leagues where or uh, leagues where I'll draft no closers. And then we were talking about that Vlad league, and I drafted all the closers. They, I, I set, like, the, the max pick on five of the best 10 closers in that league. Hmm. Um, I think people sort of went in there, and they're like, "Oh, it's cut line. You know, we don't need closers. They're going too high." And you know, I said, "Well, I mean, if they're going to drop forever, I'm going to take them eventually." See, that's um, good
1: though, because if you get five of them, like if just two or three of them have a big week because they're on, yeah. they're good closers for a reason. Like that could add up yeah. quickly. Like the idea quickly, and, yeah, and there is a
2: you know a school of thought in cut line that. You kind of either want none or you do want three, four, or five. Exactly. Yeah. Because they, they kind of they'll get their two and three save weeks like in, in bunches. And you know, they're on your bench say a third of the time when they're not really doing anything. But even one save at least gives them a nice little floor.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. It's like an eleven or twelve point week. Like that can be your seventh, eighth, ninth pitcher.
1: Nice. Yeah. know that and I, I that makes so much sense. Get them in bulk because uh, instead of having like just like two or three randos and they all like stink for a week yeah at least you, the, the odds of all five of them stinking not very good so yeah <laughs> um when when you are drafting pitchers and you know this kind of could be a dc strategy too if that works over for cut line you want yeah. innings so you want guys that are gonna rack up innings yeah. but like do you do you get too concerned with like that like in, in D.C. it goes so deep, you're talking about like some garbage, you know, fifth starter on Kansas City. Uh, yeah. But you're obviously not doing that in, in a cut line. What's kind of your cutoff point for you of, OK, we've kind of hit the garbage point. I'm done with this situation. Yeah,
2: I take um, I end up with a lot of like late pitchers uh, because in my last four or five picks, probably most of them are going to be pitchers each time. Um, but you, you do kind of want those guys that will give you innings in case and they can be more volatile. But say like I'm looking back at this this last one. I think this was actually um, yeah this was that that league uh, the the, the beat flag league. And my last uh, five pitchers are Patino, Alzale, Rich Hill, Miles Mikolas, and Jake McGee. And if Jake McGee's not closing, I'll drop him in that first April period. It's okay to have like you know a couple of those stabs at the end, and, and if they're not closing, you just drop them. You you need some spots anyway because there'll be some. Hot new guy you weren't thinking about they got drafted
1: yeah that, that that was gonna be one of my questions do you feel like with that early fab period and so much uncertainty right now are you seeing yourself taking more chances than you usually do right now going you know what if it doesn't work i'll just drop them on april 12th but you know with so much uncertainty yeah. this, i could strike gold right now why people are kind of hesitant
2: yeah so I'm not, I'm not taking a ton of them but yeah like i've got some finnegan's and some tanner rainies and i've got some Dylan Floros and I've got some Jake McGee's and, you know, a couple of each of those guys. They're easy to drop if they're not closing, but if they are closing, they're they're valuable and, you know, I'll keep them. Um, And then guys like there's another question with kind of the guy who's maybe the sixth starter right now on a team that's not going to run six. Um, So I guess he's not a good example, but I'm thinking about like Reed Detmers. So like he's, he's got like a lot of kind of prospect type and, um you know james anderson was talking him up the other day i think on like the launch ankle pod and so you know but if he doesn't open the year in the majors what do you do in that first bad period and sometimes you hold him and i held mckenzie gore three or four years ago for the whole year and i got nothing nothing so i i've done less of that as the years have gone on i mean If a guy's not going to be playing in in April, it's just hard to have him on your team. He's putting Mm -hmm. naturally zeros on your bench. On the plus side, you're at your most healthy in April. So you don't need that 41st or 42nd guy. But um, you you get to that second fat period of guys not playing, you've got to cut weight. You cut weight. You can't keep it.
1: So on the flip side of that, are you okay with drafting Bobby Witt right now or no?
2: Uh, I haven't taken him, but I, I'm okay around like ninety or a hundred taking yeah. him. I think, um, but I, but that said, I haven't done it yet. Um, he does, you know, have upside. But I, if I get one of those first shortstops, I'm not going to back them up with with Bobby Witt. Um, if I don't, he falls a little bit. Then yeah, you know, I, I he's not off my draft board, um, but I'm also not, I'm not taking him at ADP. He's got to fall a couple of rounds past the. Um, I think it's in the 80s somewhere. Um, I'm not taking him there. Yeah. I don't think he's uh, a terrible pick, but you know,
1: it's tough. but It's gets like you said, he can't have the dead weight, and there's yeah. it's a good chance he should start early. But it's the Royals, and you know, doesn't look like the whole you know kid, youngster thing is going to get fixed in the CBA. So, I know. It's, and, and, it's, and people held with all all year um, last year. Exactly. You know, him and clinic and, Kalenic, and was up and down all the time, and yeah. he was basically dead weight. Like there was a lot of that going mm-hmm. on. So <laughs> prospects are tricky. Like I'm not a gigantic draft prospect guy and redraft league. So I can only imagine in this type of format. Yeah. Um, like I'm just using my fan tracks uh, experience and obviously yeah. totally correct me if I'm wrong on the cut line. But you mentioned like, say you take a, a Bichette early. So you got a pretty solid shortstop that in your head, he's probably going to be your guy 90% of the time when something goes horribly wrong. Like he's going to yeah. be in there every week. Obviously you have a middle infield spot too, but yeah. um, how quickly are you looking to back up your shortstop compared to like going and getting to third baseman or like positional situations? How do you kind of focus your draft situation different in a cut line compared to like a regular draft?
2: Yeah, so I'd say in a cut line, I, I try like if, if I've got if, if I take Jose Ramirez, I am not going to take Devers. Even if he makes it back to say fourteen, a couple spots after, which I would love to get him there, but I'd love to pair him with Juan Soto or somebody else from the first round. Um, if there are a couple rounds apart, so say say I've got um, I'm trying to think of a different example, but say I have a Jose Ramirez, I'll I'll I won't shy away from like a, a Bregman or something okay. in the 80s or 90s that that sort of bigger split. Um, I'm usually I'm not going to take three good ones. I know you can play them. So if I get Freddie Freeman and then say Jose Abreu falls to the point where I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to take a second first baseman. I haven't done this in A-League, but like I'm not then going to take Jared Walsh." I mean, you can and I, you do see it in drafts. You'll see somebody that's got, you know, three of those really good shortstops because they are really good, but man, that guy is you you've, you've given your roster so much less ways to make that ideal lineup by having three top 100 players at one position that don't have multi-position eligibility if you have tatis yeah go ahead short take, you know, take, yeah. take story take lindor like but i'm not going to take bichette and i'm probably not going to take bichette and story i mean i might but yeah. i'm not going to do it more than once <laughs> okay. it just it does handcuff you a little bit um you, you try to back up your your best guy with sort of your second guy being like down here and then if, you, if you've got one of these guys that's kind of in you know, a fourth or fifth round maybe you can take a seventh or eighth ninth round and back him up a little bit sooner i you just want to have your roster have like sort of the best way to to make that ideal and, and i mean that's not it's not like a you know it's not a not a huge problem to take to take those two guys but it does handcuff you later
1: and that's why I want to ask because, like, you've you've seen people talk about it, and like, it feels like in the fan tracks, I think the multi-position eligibility is not there. It's a weirder situation. I'm yeah. building your roster, yeah. Um, but even like in roto formats, like you'll see people go, "I want to grab two of these guys, play one at middle infield, one at shortstop." Yeah. So there's a conversation, okay, where you drafted the second one, you could have used a stud third baseman, or yeah. you could like, so then it starts hamstringing you that way, like you're saying. And at the yeah. same time, sure, you can play all three of these guys. So, like, the reason why I ask is, like, okay, if I have such a stud like Bichette and I go and take like a story and something happens to Bichette, it's nice to slide story in. But then at the yeah. same time, you're still hamstring. So, that, that's just an interesting way of thinking, is why I want to ask yeah. you for someone to, to build the point system over the roto system. Yeah. And, um, and in reality, like, in, in a fab process in, in cut line, Obviously, anything can happen, but do you see it being more like outfielder pitchers that are available, or do you kind of see a whole gamut of things?
2: Yeah, it's it's a whole gamut. I think. I mean, there's and I try because you've sort of got your if you're a 24 18 guy like me, or you're a 22, you know, 20 guy, you know, you you sort of have that sort of you want to drop an injured second baseman and pick up a second baseman, you want to drop an injured outfielder and pick up an outfielder. But if you have guys that have picked up extra eligibility or your your lineups sort of shifted a little bit, you, you want to make sure you're sort of keeping that three or four at each position. But it's almost always pitcher for pitcher, yeah. right? Unless you're dumb. Yeah. It a guy, yeah. But you you did have, I mean, you had Jazz Chisholm. I, I don't know that he was drafted everywhere. Jonathan India was definitely a big pickup last year. You are going to get some, you know, infield positions
1: okay yeah, uh, it's not
2: all outfielders uh but obviously a ton of i mean ton of pitching right everybody's dropping by especially that second period everybody's dropping a number of pitchers because guys can hurt sense losing jobs
1: you know injuries losing jobs new guys yeah makes a lot of sense um back to the the hitters outfield you have like five you start in five outfielders, potentially six with the utility situation yeah. you said you're going to roster eight give or take plus you know multi-position guys could lead to yeah. nine or ten um, do you see yourself more aggressive on outfielders early in your draft? Or is it just kind of, you know, as the flow goes, if it's a shortstop, third base, you don't – as long as your grid gets made, you're good, or do you kind of focus yeah. on certain positions over others?
2: Um, I have tried to take one of these early uh, third basemen in cut Like you've got Ramirez, Riley, Devers, Machado. I mean, those guys are studs. There's a lot more question marks after them, uh, but I don't always get them. In my current one, I went Soto, uh, Luis Robert, and, and Jordan.
1: So so I don't know that
2: I would do that in an OC. Uh, I could not do that in a main. It would be you crippled. You'd be like <laughs> yeah.
1: your your roster would be all oh, be such a pain to draft. I yeah. would hate that draft. I would hate that draft. Yeah. <laughs> like put that together in my head. Yeah,
2: but but I have no problem doing that in cut line. I mean, you want you got to have at least eight outfielders. I mean, yeah. eight is kind of bare minimum, right? You got to fill five every week. So you really want nine or ten guys that are eligible there. But you got to make the pieces work with that multi-position eligibility. But I don't mind taking taking three. And um, I would even – I would take a fourth in the next few rounds if if the value were there. If Tyler O'Neill slipped or Cedric Mullen slips, like, I'm going to take them.
1: I think with the multi-position eligibility options, because there's so many outfield, like middle infield guys, some Wades yeah. middle in, or out, corner infield, outfield. Um, but also the fact it's, like, just wrapping your head around ten teams – like yeah. most people don't do 10 teams anymore no. um like i recommend people go look at boards on the NFPC they usually always put like top six rounds of drafts and yeah. stuff goes or just go to the adp page i have it up and i've been scrolling it and yeah. it's a lot more hitters and pitchers in the adp i'll tell you they're right at the top yeah. um and your team can be loaded you know that's what i'm it. saying like it's like i asked the question like okay should you focus on this or that but you, you might not have to like totally wrap yourself up like you're saying, because you can yeah. still get a stud in like round three or four where you never yeah. would in another draft. So yeah. oh, if you got to kind of, you can't just walk into this draft room. <laughs> you yeah. look it. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, It's different. And like I
2: said, in those Roto leagues, like I try to stay balanced. So if there's, um, and I've heard, you know, other people talk about this lately and I've really been drafting like this for years, but you try to stay balanced. So you can take advantage of the values when they're there. Right. And like, I, I you know, I'm, I'm kind of old school. I do it on my notepad as I'm doing it. I've got my draft board, but I'm literally like, okay, I'm high in steals. I need power. Yeah. I'm high. in I'm high in K's and wins. Like, or I've got really, I've got a really low whip. Like and a, I can afford to take like a, a, a Robbie Ray guy, right? Like a, a guy that could pull up my a Luis Castillo, right? Like I mean, he's always had bad whip numbers. Like I can afford this kind of guy, like kind of keeping that and trying to stay balanced. I'm not worried about staying balanced in cut line, right?
1: Bingo. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, are wow, you wow, willing to do that That's kind of stuff. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you because it makes total sense in a roto format. I, I can't, you know, go take four bad whip guys. I'll just It's gone. Like, I'm done. Yeah. But in in, in this uh, best ball format, if these whip guys still strike out 10 guys a game yeah. and they maybe pick up a win every, like, three starts or something, yeah, we're doing good, right? Yeah. I mean, you need
2: in overalls and mains and OCs. Like, protect your average. Protect your ratios. I don't care about that here. So it's a, just a different mindset and why – kind of why you need to get these drafts over with before you start those roto drafts.
1: Yeah. Like now I'm I'm, like real, I'm getting real itchy to maybe jump in a cut line pretty soon now because, like, yeah. I like this idea of, you yeah. know, go get some fun teams built. It's fun. Like, cut yeah. line
2: drafts are fun, and you can do a bunch of them and not – yeah, there's two fat periods, but, you know, you just kind of watch them, watch them go.
1: You mentioned you – know, to...
2: Good at-bats do kind of dry up. Yeah. So that's why I end up with, like, a lot of pitchers late because – if you wait to take like um, you know, your last your fourth, second baseman or your your fourth third or fourth first baseman. I mean, there's a couple first basemen that are interesting late, but like there are no late, interesting middle infielders or third baseman. I mean, Evan Longoria is going pretty late, like got some at bats, but yeah, he's just he's not getting six hundred at bats this year, right? No,
1: no, not at all. So,
2: not at all it's tough it dries up like you're going to end up with the like i took paul G. Young in the last round this past one um that just finished and might be an easy drop
1: yeah but it's you can always late. you can always find pictures that you're going to get you five six innings to start sneak yeah. in some stuff and those you guys are find just those available all
2: late right like yeah asin Bumgarner is going super late like i said it's miles nicholas dakota hudson like there's these guys that are out there that are in the rotation. Merrill Kelly, like these are these guys are available in those last few rounds. Whereas the hitters in the last few rounds are
1: garbage. <laughs> and, honest, and honestly, it's like with the lack of information we have. Sure, there's gonna be some players that we didn't think we're gonna be starting in the lineup that they're gonna be starting all of a sudden. Like DeYoung, there's the rumor he might start, he might not start, but if he does, you're getting yeah. a steal because you know what you can yeah. do. And if you're not worried about batting average, then you're golden. Yeah. Like he's perfect for this format. But on the flip side, the pitchers, like some of these guys that are question marks, the Merrill Kelly's, the bum grinders, all these guys where they're worried about this, that, and the other. What if they picked up a new pitch this offseason? What if they yeah. had a velocity we don't know about yet? So like these yeah. are like the little things. I think you're gonna get more kind of that kind of stuff with pitchers than you are with hitters for the most part yeah. in this world of unknown.
2: Yep. And so you take those late stabs and then you know they're easy to drop, right?
1: Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I I like that quite a bit. Um Let's see. I'll make sure I cover there's so much cut line stuff here. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so you got your, your your you got your grid. Oh, that's what I was gonna ask you. So a lot of people use projections, there's all kinds of projection sort sites. Uh, some guys will um, you know put their league format. You can put like the scoring system into the fangrass calculator or whatever. There's uh, Labs, baseball HQ, whatever. What yeah. do you prefer? You don't have to give all your sauce, but what do you prefer? Right?
2: Yeah um so i've been a a long time rasball reader uh i think that's like when i was i mean they've been around a lot long time and uh and gray gray is absolutely hilarious like writes these little blurbs every day and i've been reading those for i I don't actually know how many years like probably right around when they started i think he started it like during a writer's strike in hollywood or something like that um so you know i use i use gray gray's rankings and, and gray and rudy are the Raswell, you know, co-founders, the two guys, but they're they're different. They draft very differently. They have different styles, and so you've got you know Gray's tiers that are a great kind of way to start for me at least, and then I've got Rudy's projection So what I what my draft board ends up looking like is you know I've got each player like first base, second base, shortstop, third base, and then to the left I've got a a few columns of like rankings, and so I usually on the hitting side lately it's been Gray, Rudy and then Vlad Settler, and then ADP for the format that I'm drafting in. That's usually – like, that lately has been my thing. And then I kind of color code and put some, you know, notes from different podcasts in there, and I move guys up and down. But I always have those numbers in there so I can kind of see where people think about it. And then for pitching, I do it a little bit differently. I I still have Gray, Rudy, and Vlad, but I'll I'll put, like, you know, like the the pitcher list one. I like, uh, you know, Saris because his changes a lot. It's like the – what is it uh
1: stuff and uh, stuff yes it's stuff yeah. and command deck. it's
2: like you know yeah. and it, so his are different so i like to have that in there and then like pulse fours or something like that i'll have i've got more columns to the left of my pitchers um and then you know closers who knows right <laughs> you know Same even, things, but yeah you kind of don't, i kind of tear my closers and then I, and i'm just going but that that's really kind of what my draft board likes and I, and i put like tears in there and i've got highlighted for these are tiers i like you know orange these are tears i don't like bright orange these guys are hurt stay away from them
1: you know so I, I like that though because it's kind of i guess more i don't you know do all all of that that you do but like certain people like toby it and and do so and all of them it's straight up computer numbers yeah. boom this is what i do um, I'm not that guy. No. And like I we have a lot of like we're almost the same age. You have a, I have a no I write everything down that I do yeah. You know? yeah. I, I I might have an excel sheet with my what ranking stuff one of it's very similar stuff. Yeah. Um but that's why I wanted to ask you because there's so many different ways to draft and so many different ways to do it. Like uh Jenny's got a question we'll talk about in a bit, but she wrote a great article in the FTN guide about the different yeah, like, the flow charts. It was so genius yeah. like yeah. It's so simple but not like yeah. it makes so much sense the way she does it. And she spends so much time doing that, but that's I, kind I of, thought, her I
2: that I thought that article from Jenny was awesome.
1: It was outstanding. It was Cause good. that's what I, it goes back to my statement earlier about like learn from other people yeah. that it just opened my mind up to so many scenarios like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that when you sit back, you're like, Okay, that makes way too much sense. Why yeah. did I not think about this before? But the way she put it together and how she's been doing it forever is what the reason she's successful. And yeah. it's uh it's funny. Like uh Ryan Bloomfield, he talks about his uh he builds his draft backwards and he likes yeah. it's, it's a good just a good thing. I, I do that, but,
2: especially main event wise. I'm doing that. I do it a little bit in OCs, but main event it's a you've got to have those last six or seven rounds sort of planned yeah. out who you're gonna go at, what are your targets there and You've got to build it backwards like that i don't know how you can be successful not thinking about this late round 100%. 100 percent.
1: Yeah, you, you have to have that safety valve like okay 15 yeah. teams wild things are going to go wrong you have to be yeah. able to adjust now when you're in round like 26 and you know your team's short where are you going like- yeah I, mean, I, I start out
2: my, my notebook you know I, once my kds runs i've got every round written down and i've got Two, three, four, five targets for almost every like set. If if you're towards the end, yeah. sort of a two set of rounds. But if you're in the middle, kind of each round. I mean, I've i written out those targets before we started, and they're in my draft board. But um, one thing, target. you know, Rudy's been on me lately about using like his his war room or, you know, I know a lot of people use Rotolab. Lab. I yeah. I'm almost definitely going to do it this year for the first time because I have that live auction in Vegas. Yeah, I think I'd be clutch. Have, I think you just got to have it for an auction. I mean, it's one thing for my home league to go in there. Like I'm one of the two or three most prepared person going in my home league draft because I've been doing all of these NFC, BC drafts. A lot of those guys play in either just that league or a couple of yeah. leagues. Um, so I can kind of wing the auction a little bit, but I can't wing that auction. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. yeah this will be the first year. I, I've already purchased RotoLab, so I'll be doing that. Yeah. Just because like, yeah. I'll, you can input all your own stuff. You can tweak it however you want. So it's still yeah. your deal. Yeah, but, my draft board, I can
2: literally just put in a roto lab. Exactly, like, but it's but at least it's there money, to kind of like,
1: yeah to give you like a safety check, like hey, yeah, what everybody
2: else that. has left, like yeah. how many guys are out there looking for saves and steals. I mean, I, I, I'm going to need that.
1: Well, yeah, because I, I used to not be a guy like that either. But then last year, I uh, I purchased Derek Rhodes' best ball thing for yeah. fan tracks. It was like five yeah. bucks or something. Mm-hmm. and it opened my eyes to so many things. Drafting that, I just sell – yeah. I'm not against all that stuff. I'm just usually too stupid to figure it out. Usually, I know, and I've
2: been using this draft. You know, I'm a creature of habit. I, my yeah. draft board has looked mostly the same for a long time.
1: It's working for you. It works, <laughs> you know. So,
2: and I know how to use. It. I know what I'm doing, and I can just, you know, I, I've got the my formula set up so my ADP can like flip between cut line and OC and whatever. I mean, but like, yeah,
1: um One one thing you mentioned, I should I meant to ask you earlier in the show because. Um, for those that do 12 teams, 15 teams, uh, DCs, OCs, whatever, you have KDS and you pick yeah. where you want to go. You mentioned that uh, the cut line, the 10 team does not do KDS, which yeah. I did not know that. Um, so obviously you're you're literally at the mercy of, of how it falls. Yeah. Do you have a preference on where you're going? Because it's, it's 10 leagues, so 10 teams. So it doesn't feel like it's as necessary to have a certain yeah. spot, but it yeah. still could be. So uh, how do you feel uh, one through 10 in that situation? I-
2: I like to be in the middle in cut lines Um, just because when I'm at the end, I feel like I, I kind of miss out on, I wouldn't call them necessarily, they're not runs in the same way that they are in Roto Leagues where it's like a run of closers or a run of all the speed guys that everybody likes in that range. But there are a couple spots in the draft where there are kind of mini runs, like those those shortstops, you know, Story, Bogarts, Lindor, Tim Anderson, um, and, and maybe even Wander—they're all going in like a fifteen pick range, and you can miss out on all of them. Or around that hundred, you know, spot 100 110 There's a bunch of the multi-position eligibility guys. I you know that I like to get some of like Cronin, Worth, Ty France, um, DJ Lemay. You like you can kind of miss out on those guys, and so I. I really like to be able to sort of take a pick each 10 picks or so. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also want to get enough spots in each one because a lot of times in those first four or five rounds, that's how you really differentiate your team. Because of
1: diversification, you have to draft. I don't want to have the
2: same team over and over and over again, you know. Uh, I don't want to have, like, even though I love Jose Ramirez this year, because he's both awesome, you know, doesn't seem to be an injury risk at all, and third base is kind of shitty. (laughs) Excuse me, the
1: language. No, you're uh, fine. And uh,
2: that, but I don't want to. T- if I'm in five and six, I can't take a ton of Jose Ramirez. I mean, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. Dangerous to be, uh, you know, over over in on one guy that's early.
1: And that's the thing is, it's like yeah, I've heard other people say it. It's like uh, if I do two drafts and I have like the top pick, okay, I'm going to take uh, Trey Turner with one, and Jose with the second, or I'll yeah. take Trey Turner with one, Garrett Cole with the second, whatever, just yeah. so. I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket because God forbid something happens and yeah. you whole
2: things up in smoke.
1: Yeah, yeah and um, like your two most
2: important drafts right at the end of March. Like yeah. You can't have the same first draft pick.
1: And it makes sense. It's tough to do because like, I want Trey yeah, Turner or Jose Ramirez pretty much every time, but it makes uh, sense. Yeah. It makes total yeah. sense. And it's funny because most of my drafts, I've done 12, 10 so far. Yeah. I've been in the back like four or five in every one except like two. So I looked at yeah. my player shares the other day. <laughs> a lot like, of it stinks because yeah. there's so many of the same players, and I'm just like, yeah. Ah, was yeah, right the back,
2: that that back of the cut line are like a bunch of those outfielders, like Harper and Acuna and Trout and Betts and Tucker, and like if you end up in those eight, nine, ten spots, like you could end up with a lot of teams that look a lot alike.
1: Um You you we we know third base is rough. Uh, there's probably a few others. Are there any positions that you're more aggressive on than others? I know we kind of mentioned outfield. You try to be just because there's five, but just yeah. in general, because I guess scarcity per se. Is there like yeah. positions you're more interested in?
2: Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't really practice position scarcity per se, but I I do I, I do in cut line at least want to get one of those first four third baseman if I can. Um, I really want to get one of those top tier, top two tiers, whatever you want to call it, shortstops. Like by the time you hit my I want to have one of those guys, and then I want a couple of those real stud outfielders. Okay. You know, it'll be a little bit different in roto, I think, because um, I think I'm really going to want one of those guys with a bunch of stolen bases in the first round. Your um, your Trey Turner, your Tatis, your Jose Ramirez. You know, I, it, it's kind of hard to leave that first round, I think, even in a 12-team league, uh, without a lot of stolen bases. So like flat, it makes flat a tough pick. Right, and um, I want the option that if Freddie Freeman slips in the second round, I want to be able to take him because I like Freddie Freeman in those late teens, um, in, in cut line definitely. But I think even in even in OCs or you know, I, I'd be all about taking like a Freddie Freeman. But you've got to have 25, 30 stall bases in the first round to take him.
1: Yeah, it makes a little difference. That's why he's he's definitely hard to take in those formats. But the yeah, cut line point system makes it a lot yeah. easier um I, some of the big dog catchers are going earlier yeah. in cut lines look at the adp right now yeah. real so lot real early <laughs> I, I saw salvi's adp is 18 jt's yeah. is 30 like that's for those keeping track at home early um yeah. how do you approach the catchers because you already mentioned if you had to take a zero anywhere you want it to be catcher even though you don't yeah. want a zero but, you know, and I get it, like, those guys are your at-bat guys at catcher. Like, yeah. That's why the, that's why they even go early in redraft yeah, systems. Exactly. But how are you about the catchers?
2: Um, so I do like to get one of those top, uh, say, is it six or seven before Grandall Wilson Contreras. I want to have one of those guys just as my kind of anchor. And then I like to get, um, you know, one to two more by the time you hit, say, Elias Diaz, Alejandro Kirk area, which is, like, early 200s in cut line. Um, I think there's something to be said for taking two of those top guys, honestly, because catchers so bad after, like, say, 15 of them. Um, they're just they're putting up nothing. And if you look last year, South Perez was all over the top 20 teams. Um, he put 4.8 points up a game. And non-small sample size division – uh, Grandall was next at four flat, so he's almost 25% better than Grandall. and Grandall only had, whatever, 250 probably at-bats, so I mean, it, he was so valuable last year, so there's definitely an argument to be had for, like, taking him early, and I do have, uh, I have taken Sal Perez really early, um, I have no Will Smith yet, but I want him, <laughs> but I mean, he's going 34th in the last month, JT Realmente is going 30th. So I mean, those are three guys—one of the first 35 picks. Um, it's it's hard to take two of them, uh, but I would love to have—I'd love to come out of a draft soon with uh, Will Smith and Grandal, you know, just to have one of those teams. It's not two of them, you know, uh, or or Sal and Wills Contreras or something like that.
1: I wonder what I wonder what pushed Grandall up so much. At first, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's because OBP, but uh, I know the second half up. he started crushing it. But yeah, he no. was crushing it, man. In that but, lineup,
2: yeah. that's arguably the best lineup right. in baseball. All right, that makes and he gets on base a lot. So even though walks don't help in cut line, scoring runs does. Scoring runs,
1: yeah. Definitely. Do you see yourself like I know Casey Chaw does it in some do you see yourself in cut lines potentially stacking teams more than others?
2: Uh I I don't really do it um as a as a general rule, I'm not looking for it, but I've heard Casey Chaw talk about it, I've heard Vlad talk about it, like stacking. There's definitely offenses that I want pieces of, and and there were like Blue Jays all over, all the top everything last year, right? So I definitely have a lot of like White Sox and and Blue Jays kind of higher opponent boards. So you'll see sort of natural stats, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that's even really in the back of my mind.
1: Okay yeah it's just it's one of those kind of dfs philosophies but it's tough to do in it's tough to do in a draft for sure like to make all that that pan out but i do like it the more we talked about it and i look at it, the scoring because for the fan tracks people out there where it's almost more obp centric um like you said they tried to make it for a five by five format so it it does actually equate pretty darn good yeah It's it's just the size of the teams and the the like I guess the weights for wins saves steals and homers kind of dictates a few things that yeah. make it a little different, but yeah, overall it's still, it still helps quite a bit. Um, with the ever changing wins landscape, does that change your pitching approach at all? It
2: is good to have uh, pitchers on good teams. I mean, that sounds yeah. easy to say, right. But um, I, if you've got one of those really good, you know, ratio guys, um, like an Alcantara, who's, but is, it seems like somewhat of a lock for single digit wins i mean that's that's tough that hurts those wins are what are they eight points i mean it's wins are big so you know your fourth or fifth starter like a like a tanner halk or something like that I mean, he could be really good on a good red sox team or um you know a lot of people are a little maybe down on Gosman this year but like blue jay's gonna win a lot of games yeah. you know he goes he goes six innings and i don't care if he gives up three or four runs i mean he's gonna get what do you think his floor is this year? If he stays healthy. 14 like, wins. I mean, yeah, he's gonna get you probably,
1: probably gonna get you like at least a K for nine. Yeah, so, yeah. 14 know,
2: like, wins. Like the his ratio is kind of suck, but like that's that's super valuable. I mean those extra points yeah. they add up. But it's not like I'm, you know, shying away from the bad teams. But I'm definitely thinking about it as I'm in. Um, I, I love you know I, I love Lance Lynn. Like a you know Dylan Cease is getting pushed up by everybody, but it pays to be on that. You know, a White Sox pitcher.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm I'm running out of ideas because there's so many good things here. Is there any other tips that you could give people in your years of cutline experience? All you know, um, almost set. this would be year six of cut line. Yeah. So, yeah, you're um, year seven. You're year seven. Sorry, started, started 2016. So, yeah. Um, any, any other tips you can give people? Because it's there's a I, I love this conversation. There's so many similarities. Still, so many little tweaks that make it different. So, yeah. What, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I guess first off, there, there's a lot of ways to do it. Like nobody is really, we did have a guy just win the number one overall that had done it a few years ago. You got your first multi-time, like first overall cut line guy, but there's not really like a, a, a secret method. It, it, it's really, you you want to avoid avoid injuries, but you always want to avoid injuries, right? Yeah. Um, multi-position eligibility uh, really helps because of that. You know, the, the way they put those puzzle pieces together, but you want you want bulk and you want to be healthy. Um, you got to really treat those bad periods like they are the most important thing because you can't mess up those bad periods. You got to get a couple of those hot guys. You got to cut dead weight. I think maybe sort of the, the, the biggest edge I have left is like cutting dead weight. If that guy is not getting saved, cut him. If he's hurt, if he's going to be out three more weeks. Think about cutting him unless he's Mike Trout, um, and that didn't work to hold on to Mike Trout that year, of course. But um, if they're hurt, cut him. Like, be ruthless. You know, even if he's a top hundred player, as long as he's not a top twenty player, I, I think you got to cut weight. You can always, if you cut him in that first period, you can always pick him back up in the second period. True. Um, you, yeah. you do sometimes regret it, but that if I had one thing that's the most important, I'd say cut weight. Um, I made a mistake last year. I stuck with uh, your boy uh, Mauricio DeBon. I don't know if he's actually your boy, but he's on the Giants.
1: He I, I, lo- I love him. Great
2: eligibility. Yep. He had been good the year before, yep. um, and and I kept him. I mean. It,
1: Man, he was zeros. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. I, I drafted him in so many leagues. I had cut him in a lot of places, but yeah. it, it, it hurt to cut. It was tough for me to cut him just because the eligibility he was still on the roster. Yeah. He wasn't sent down once he was sent down. It was yeah, oh yeah. He
2: was and he was still on the roster. He just was yeah. not playing. He played he like twice all the a week. They were doing just yeah. not.
1: Playing. It was so frustrating, but. Uh, Watch this year. He'll come and tear it up with very little multi-position eligibility and no one wants to touch him. So yeah. that's how it always goes. Yeah. Cut that, weight, uh, lots of
2: contingency plans on the fab. You know, don't yeah. have 20. Don't, be, don't be, afraid to, be afraid to have 20 on there. 25. I mean, you, know, you can't have too many because you don't want, you don't want it to run and you not get somebody.
1: I almost need you to come on for fab just to like, not to give away your players, but yeah. it, that that's what even got me last year in Raz Slam. So I was playing yeah. that with with them and yeah, even the second period, I had so many contingencies, and I thought I had it all covered, and I still left with like six dollars and stuff. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. what in the world is going on here? It's it's insane because that was just one league. You're doing twenty something leagues, yeah. Like, um, because you yeah, like one player for those that don't know that well, one player with like twenty bids below it, and then you yeah. change them all around. Like the one thing that bugs me sometimes is I want to move around. Like, so say you have like ten guys at a dollar each. It's yeah. almost the order you click them in. I want to be able yeah. to like just move that around. Yeah, that's what I want. That would be yeah. nice instead of having to de- delete, 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 and then reorder how you put them in. Yeah. I just want to click on my guys. You then can, you
2: know you can like sort of um, press on them and slide them up. Yeah. It does work to do that. And if yeah, you slide them up, if you have a guy that's like two dollars here and a guy one dollar here, if you slide the one dollar guy above the two dollar guy, he'll become a two dollar guy.
1: Yeah, okay. Interesting. See, and I'm and learning the same things. Same thing. If you slide them down,
2: they'll drop in value. If you slide them, if you slide the $2 guy below the $1 guy, he'll become a $1 guy.
1: There we go. We're learning things here on Bench with Bubba. This is what I'm talking I about. I right?
2: learn stuff on the N F C all the time, and I play. I play in, you know, 40 leagues a year on there, and I still learn new things all the time.
1: Yeah, I had no idea about that because that's one of the more – even in just regular fab leagues, I get so frustrated going, okay, I want yeah. the third pitcher I have down here. I want him to be my, my first option. Yeah. You know, I don't like it. So you can do it. Just
2: click and slot him. Oh, man. See, I
1: feel like an idiot. They there might have go. some arrows.
2: I think they have arrows too. That
1: Most would be so a much
2: them, but... uh
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, we got a couple questions here, and we kind of covered them, but we'll we'll rehash it real, real yeah. quick here. Uh, Jenny Butler had a question. Uh, how does he like to allocate his money between the first and second fab periods are going to hit on that. I know a lot of people spend more during the first one, but I always have as much. Uh, I I always saved as much money as I could for the second. You recommend kind of going the opposite. Go crazy. Yeah, I, I, I do
2: tend to spend up. I'm not afraid to spend up early um, because there's so many people in you. Like half your league is not participating in the second one, but you, if you don't have $600 left, you're not going to get that number one guy. Then I think Frambois Valdez was dropped a lot early because of his finger or something like that. And then B- he B- went for five, six hundred bucks in every single league. I didn't get him in. A th- I got him in maybe either one or none of twenty some leagues last year because I do spend up in that first period. Even if I have only have one of those teams that only has to re- replace like two or three guys, yeah. I tend to spend a few hundred bucks. And there's some team that has nine hundred dollars left and it's going to drop $650, six fifty, seven hundred on that top guy. But you have to think about it differently than, like you said, the OCs and mains and stuff because you're not rationing it out. It's only two periods. But I do tend to – if I have seven, eight spots, I'll spend up in that first period.
1: Yeah, you got to fill them up, like you said, because if you don't get them there, it doesn't even matter what the second period is. You're pretty much done anyway, so you got to get there. Um, Anthony Gialdi says, is it more beneficial to have a lot of closers to fill in the gaps each week or just go for starters and innings all the way through your staff? If a mixture – How many closers do you prefer? How many total pitchers on your roster? We talked about that. Yeah. Thanks in advance for the 2022 ass whippings. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking forward
2: to uh, meeting him out in Vegas too. Uh, Yeah. I, so I said, like I like to have around 18 pitchers. If I get a really stacked team with a lot of like flexibility, I'll push it up to 19. I do. I, I do prefer starters as a general rule. I'll kind of, I prefer power to speed, I prefer starters to closers as a general rule, but I'm not afraid to take those closers if they they drop. Um, I like to have, say, between three and five closers if I have closers. Um, Not that I wouldn't just have one, but it's kind of the strategy of having a few of them So because they kind of fluctuate in in a similar manner where starters are kind of a different beast. Um, You can't beat like the two-start week. Like the two star week is so valuable if they're both good, of course. But it's hard to beat that. But a three save week is huge. There's just not as many three save weeks as there used to be. It seems like, even for teams that are decent, a lot of times they don't like to use their closer maybe three games in a row or something like that as a team gets hot. But he doesn't get all the saves. Um, you you do a lot of closer because so many team because so many closers lose their job you do tend to pick up more closers in the FAB period. It's like you've got them in your contingency. You've got maybe the best six, seven, eight starters in there. But nine, ten, eleven, twelve, it's like, well, those are the new closers, the Dylan Flores of the world and stuff like that. And those guys have value. But those guys can also lose their job like a week later. Yeah, it was either, you know, the, last year or the year before that, the Rays, of course, you know, everybody's closing nightmare. But they had a guy get saves on like Monday and Tuesday. And then FAB runs Tuesday night. And I throw that guy up my thing. I mean, he is not the closer. Three days late, and- that'd
1: be Kittredge. By the way, I remember that one very clearly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, and Mary- Mayweather, Mayweather, yes. the, the Blue Jays. Yeah, everyone, got, he, yeah, got hurt, he was the big one early last year. And I bought him on like six or seven teams in that first half. Yep. He was huge. He was going to be the closer on the Blue Jays, right? Yep. So it's I bought cool. him in OCs and Maine, but I also bought him in Cutlines. Yep. So and that that one really hurt. I think I think we got one out from him either one out or one
1: inning it, yeah, it wasn't much it was one outing I know that weight. much yeah. just
2: dead weight.
1: but see um, there's well there's a couple of good take-homes there the the power over speed if you had yeah. to pick one which yeah. is like almost a flip from other other processes that's right so, so that that's a that's a big mindset and I guess it makes sense because home runs are worth more than steals and you can get way more home runs than steals so yeah. that makes sense and then, um, kind of innings, uh, innings and K's type situation over saves in general. Yeah, and, and
2: over ratios too. Sometimes, yeah. right? Like, a, you know, you your your Marcus Stroman is valuable because he puts up innings, but that type of pitcher isn't as valuable because he's not having those ten strikeout games.
1: See, that's that's just and that's the mindset. That's what I kind of wanted to get to on this show. So that's perfect. Um, it's like it's nothing against the player, and it's not that they're good not good fantasy players, but yeah. for this format. It's yeah. a different type of breed. So, like even you mentioned, Alcantara, amazing pitcher, and yeah. I can win it that many games. So yeah. it's like when you're comparing two players to pick, Alcantara is probably the better pitcher. Yeah. But at that point in the draft, you might want to go for someone else yeah. with you know higher ratios. And, and and he
2: does. I mean, he's falling probably a little bit further than maybe he should have. He's going 51st right now in the last month. So it's still a very valuable pick. And around that same time, you, same spot, you can get Julio Rides three picks earlier. Well, on the Dodgers, I mean, it's going to put up a, a ton of wins like that, right? So,
1: um, I, I should have asked you earlier, on these cut lines, are they all live drafts? Do they have slow drafts? How are they going about them? Um, I've been
2: doing a lot of the four-hour ones. The only live one I've done is the, the, the flat. The flat. Um, so I tend to like the four-hour ones because after round 30, it cuts in half. Okay. So two hours is just fine, yeah. but one hour is tough
1: that's it like right. i've been doing like my dc's or nPC 50s it's been a lot of like uh uh the two hours but then when it goes down to one if you're on the west coast like i am and um yeah. just a random weekend where i might get to go to sleep till like seven in the morning you can get sniped because all these east coast guys wake up and make like six picks and you thought you had plenty of time and that's you a, didn't and it's it, just
2: right. like i mean I, I tend to like it you know it freezes at 2 a.m and opens at 8 a.m on the east coast i think and i Tend to stay up until at least like midnight most nights. That still leaves two hours, yeah. and then taking my kid to school when I'm getting ready for work in the morning. And yeah. you know, you can auto pick, and if you're near a turn, you can auto pick twice. Yeah. I'm usually well prepared to auto pick once. A double auto pick can be brutal.
1: Yeah, like I always, like, I have my queue. Like I got stuff just in yeah. case things happen, but still, it never feels right. Like you feel like you missed something, and it's just yeah, like, oh like
2: man. So I'll do the live cut lines too, and I will say the live cut line the. The slow cut lines, and maybe this is the same. There are live DCs, right?
1: Uh yes. Ones, yes there are. Yes, there so are. The, are. The, the
2: slow ones tend to hug ADP a little tighter and kind it of flow the same. Live ones are are, are wilder. Um so I'd like to have a good mix of slower ones and wilder ones. Cause I'll make you know some mistakes in in the live ones, but like guys will drop. You know, you'd be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I got. I was choosing between these two guys here. I got the other guy the next time." Whereas yeah. the slow one, like, they don't tend to slide quite as much.
1: All right, well, you got me convinced. That I might have to jump in a cut line. Like Let's this is, this, I, I love line. this. Well, I'm not going to get one with you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the problem. I always joke about it because there's like fish and all those guys. Yeah. It does, if you're in on an, any nfc draft, there's going to be like four, at least four or five dudes. You're just like. That's right. Like I, it doesn't matter. Your We're list so can only
2: players. be long, so long. Of I want to avoid these guys, right? Yeah. Especially when you get into like main season. Yeah. Everyone's going to try to avoid, and and I've got another thirty that I know these guys are really good. And then there's guys I don't know that are also really good. Yep. There's no, you know, fish. There's no, there's not a lot of fish out there in the NFC yep. world, right? Yep. Um, and and not not that guy. You know, he's he's good at his DCs, but it's like there's not a lot of dead money. There's some, yep. but there's not a lot.
1: Yeah, there's not much. You get the occasional where you're just like, "What yeah. are you doing?" But um, yeah, and they jump in. and It's usually like
2: me when I played my first main sixty years ago. I mean, I was de- I was dead money. I had no chance of that one.
1: Like that's what that's what you know. Curtis is being nice now, but that's what they're gonna say about me and my first cut line. I'm gonna be like, just do <laughs> <laughs>
2: stuff at the wall. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's
2: it's it's tough. You you can only avoid with so many guys, and 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 in main events, like whatever, you're gonna have like two legends in your draft, you know.
1: All right. We have one question in the chat. It's probably not cut line related, but we can talk about it real quick here. Is Josh Rogers a sneaky ad for the Nationals? Um, I've looked at him in um, DC's (laughs) because it's like pick 700. Oh, Um, yeah. But uh, he does not be strike. Yeah, not a big strikeout guy. But he is projected to be in the rotation and he'll throw innings. So in that format, it's great. But other than that, no.
2: So is he the fifth, the projected fifth starter right now? He's
1: projected fifth right now. Obviously, that can change. This is word of mouth. Yeah. We wish we had more information, but uh, yeah, he finished the year, I believe, in the rotate. He made a handful of starts towards the end of the year. Okay. And what about uh, what about Joe Ross?
2: Because he had that like he Injury. was a bad pickup and drop several times last year because he had some really good runs.
1: He's injured, and I can't get. He's a still hurt. hurt okay. I haven't got a final like where his situation is, so I've just been avoiding him. Like, yeah. there's a handful of them I just don't even bother with right now because yeah. we have nothing.
2: Yeah, so. if they ended if they ended the year like um, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Lance McCullers, uh, Zach Eflin, who I had a lot of last year, um, they're basically off my draft board. Yeah, you know. Spe- I,
1: speaking I, of that, for cut lines, like how do you deal with guys like Clevenger and Sundergaard?
2: I have taken one Syndergaard so far. The good thing about Clevenger and Syndergaard is that they're going after 200. Um, I tend to avoid guys coming off shoulder or elbow injuries. Um, And it's not just like I know those guys are good pitchers, but you need them to not only be good at the beginning, but you need them to be good those last three weeks of the season. I'm trying to win that, I'm trying to be in that top 20 and finish top five. I mean, what are the chances that Clevenger and Syndergaard are pitching then?
1: Hundred percent. I get you. No, I agree.
2: Strasburg, same way. Like those guys are awesome. Well, I don't, I'm not even sure Noah Syndergaard is awesome. He looks awesome. He's got the hair. He's got the body. Like, exactly. but I mean, he hasn't actually been good in a few years. Yeah,
1: he's been um, kind of middle of the pack.
2: Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not going to have very many shares. I, I would say less than than two of each of those guys. I have well, Lance Colors in my dynasty team, so I'm not really going to take him anywhere else. I already feel like yeah. I have my exposure.
1: <laughs> there you go. And that's that's because one of like the injury situation. I know you yeah. you like to dry, uh, draft a little safer, like I do as well, and kind of avoid that. But yeah, they also could be a value type thing. They could so be. Yeah, no, that, that's right. Interesting. That's
2: right. And and Chris Sale is one of those guys. Like, yeah. he pitched a fair a decent number of innings last year. He's probably too old to baby, yeah. so.
1: That's how I feel about he, Verlander. Like he can Verlander,
2: throw under oh yeah, you know. Verlander throw him till his arm falls off.
1: Yeah, I don't. He's one of the ones that people, some like those injury gurus think I'm still crazy. But like Spore yeah. feels the same way I do. And I've said it since first pitch Arizona when I drafted him. I said yeah. they signed him for a reason, which means he can pitch. He's shown yeah. he can pitch. They're gonna throw him till his arm falls off, like you said. Yeah, they have no fine. reason not to throw him. So.
2: Yeah, I have <laughs> taken in that range where he's going one twelve right now in cut line. I have taken. Manoa sees Darvish instead, um, but it's I'm not totally against. Yeah. I, I want I need at least one or two Verlanders just in case he is Justin Verlander again. Exactly.
1: If he comes back, he's like the you know first or second round pick. In a yeah, minute. exactly. His guy, it's he could like, be that guy. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Right? Striking out ten plus a game, winning every other start or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Especially so <laughs> for the Astros, right? I yep.
2: these guys are super valuable. Yeah, so
1: that's a game-changer, especially in a cut-line format. And, again, you know, if he comes into spring training and things look bad, you can cut him, like you said, April 12th. Yeah, you know, it's, so, not, it's
2: hard, you know, you don't really want to drop too many guys in that, like, yeah. pick 100. Especially Justin like, you you Because you're taking a shot on that upside, you're trying to win it all.
1: Yep, and that's that's kind of the, the happy medium. Like, they talk about the overall competitions. It's, yeah. do you want to play to win your league? Do you want to play to yeah. win the whole thing? Cut lines, ways to go you're by. playing to win it all. Yeah. You
2: know, they okay. don't pay a ton of money out to the league. I mean – this year it's up to $175 buy-in and you can get that down buying like packs. A lot of people buying three packs, six pack, nine pack. You get that down a little bit into the 150s, but I think it pays 350 to first. And then this year for the first time, they're going to pay second for 150. Before it was like 150 to get in, 300 to first, nothing to second.
1: Oh boy, so you're so only like doubling my- your money yeah. from first.
2: Like it is all about the, the overall, whereas in the OC in the main, I really think like you have to think about the overall because enough of your money is going to it yep. that you'd be sort of silly not to think about it. But you play to win your league, and if the overall comes, it comes.
1: That's you know? that's my mindset in those two, and that's why like Zach okay. Waxman was on my show, and he broke down like, well, if you need a punt of category, it's not crazy, and you can still you won't win the overall, but you can still win your league type thing. Like there's really? the mindset changes, like you said, you do and- need to think
2: about that. Somewhere like, you know, I think I think I, I used to think about that not at all or too late i'm always just like trying to like stay do the thing do the thing and then i think like scott jenstead was talking about he's like it's 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 around the all-star break where you need to know hey guy i'm not finishing top 20 in the overall um but i can cash in this league yep and so i'm punting stolen bases i'm punting saves um and you got to make that if you make that switch too late it's not it's not going to work but you make it at the all-star break it works
1: and That's what I love about uh, the content that's out there, and just NFPC in general, and it, it applies to Yahoo's and ESPN's and whatever format you play in, yeah. but it's the way your mind changes by playing with all these really good players that you kind of, yeah. ha- it, it, it makes you a better player, for sure. Yeah. So I, I like just those little things you can think of too. It's like when you're playing with your buddies, there's no overall, but yeah. like how often back in the days you go, oh, I'm just going to punt, you know, mid-season you wouldn't have, but yeah, now you could yeah. do it every season and probably beat them every single time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't
2: work. put anything in the draft. Like I want oh, no. yeah, all my yeah, options yeah. open for sure. for sure. Um, but you got to be, you got to be willing to make that change happen the year. Yep,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent.
2: And you can win the league, like you, you know, you can put a, you know, a category and win a twelve team league. It's oh yeah,
1: most definitely. And like I said, Zach broke it down uh for some format. The difference, like if you took a like two points. And say saves compared to the twelve that you'd get from standard gains points, the difference yeah. to be in like the top eighty-five percent now instead of eighty percent isn't yeah. as much as you think. Like yeah. you can you can definitely make a couple tweaks and make some magic happen. So yeah, it's very very interesting to think because some people you have that mindset you're just screwed it's over yeah I'm done but you're mm, you gotta be watch you gotta,
2: you gotta watch like those categories and that's why like the more leagues you play the harder it gets yeah. for bit, numerous reasons but you know fat becomes harder has becomes harder but Really, I, I like to say by by mid season, I'm like, where am I lagging? Yeah. You know, oh, I am six stolen bases away from five extra points. Like, I need yeah. to sort of think about that each time. The more leads you have, the more time intensive it becomes to really do that right. It's not. It's not easy.
1: Um, are we believing in Charlie Morton this year?
2: Yeah, okay.
1: I, mean, I, I had to ask base, you brave questions.
2: Yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I was. I mean. It's brutal to lose him like that, but you know to still to win like without Acuna or Morton on the field at the end of the day is crazy. Yep. Our pitching was decimated halfway through the World Series. I mean, but that's like an ankle injury, like a you know like
1: that's why I'm not worried. It's nothing with his arm. I'm not worried. I mean,
2: yeah, I, you know, he was a super value last year, and really like he's going um, 106 this year. I mean, he's in cut line at least. I don't know where he's going to DC's, but i'm i'm not shying away from him but there are a lot of pictures i like right in that it's not like i get him everywhere um like last year i had a ton of gossip because i really liked him like right there um i don't have like one guy that i'm like really honed in on yet um there's three or four of them in that range
1: all right well i will let you go it's getting late on your side but uh, this was an awesome conversation uh talking cut line here. I'm actually like I'm not even just BS and I'm like pretty pumped to go check out check us out somewhere because it's just yeah. It's a fun format and drafting a 10 team <laughs> league just sounds like so much fun. Like you get to yeah. draft these like loaded teams. Yeah. That you know at least don't get used to it, you know, they don't all look yeah. like those 10 team leagues. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. I'll go back to reality real quick. But yeah. doing so many 15s like DCs here lately, like a 10 feels pretty nice a little cleansing of yeah. the soul basically. Yeah. So um you gotta check that out for sure. But again, any final thoughts before we we head on out of here. No, dude, it's draft season. You know, yes. we
2: just we just want baseball. Please give us baseball.
1: Yeah, all this mumbo jumbo. I'm believing in it until if we hit yeah. March. Then it'll get fun. Then it'll get fun. Yeah. So let's hope the billionaires, you know, don't mind being like million point nine nine. Exactly, like little exactly. things. But uh, everybody, go check out Curtis on Twitter at Jones Curtis W Cujo as you can find them on there. And uh, thanks for joining me, man. Had a, had a blast talking yeah, to you. Thanks,
2: Bob. Really appreciate the invite. Uh, happy draft season and, uh, you know, praying for baseball.
1: Yep, definitely. I'll see you in the, the cut line streets. But for everybody, this was Bench with Bub, episode 435. Catch you guys later.